scripture this morning is from Acts 2, 38, oops, to 47. Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Life among the believers. Awe came to everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the story of faith and faithful struggle. Thanks be to God. Let us be in a spirit of prayer. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. And may we, like Samuel, cry out and say, Speak, Lord, for we are listening. So here's another teaching moment. That psalm, that prayer that I offer, is something that many pastors offer. It comes from Psalm 19:14, the one that says, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart but I've added that little bit at the end about Samuel because Samuel, for me, represents my call story. That little piece from 1 Samuel 3, 7 through 10 reminds me, and I hope it reminds you too after I've shared my call story with you, of hearing God calling me to something, something in God's service. Because I know that God calls each of us every day. And I hope that each of us is always listening for that voice and always responds by saying, Speak, Lord, for I am listening. Well, here we are, back in church in person. And those who are watching us online today are seeing a full church. And it's really delightful to see Dick Kipperman, to see Nancy Keene, to see every single one of you. It fills my heart. After 18 long months, I am so grateful to see each one of your faces here and to know that so many people are joining us on Facebook and YouTube and CCTV. And I thank you for worshiping God with us this morning. It is such a rich experience to come together as the body of Christ, to worship together, and that is what this scripture from Acts is all about. Our liturgist, Laura Fry, has just read from Acts 2, a passage that describes the coming of the Holy Spirit, the creation of the church, 
along with a robust description of life among the believers at the very beginning of the church itself. The church was born when the Holy Spirit came down upon those gathered together in person and they were inspired together in person. And here we are in person. It's kind of exciting. <laughs> they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's one of the first lines that I want to focus on today. Do we do that? Do we focus? Do we devote ourselves to the teaching of the apostles? I think we do. We participate in our small group nests and adult Sunday school and Bible studies so that we can always be learning, so that we can always be forming ourselves, so that we are always nurturing our spirits and enlightening our minds. Next, in the scripture it says, they devoted themselves to fellowship. We do too. Even when we couldn't meet together in person, we held a robust Zoom fellowship after worship each week. And many of us are hoping there's a way to continue. It's almost turned into a nest unto itself. We hope that we can still share each other's lives in some way as we go forward. Those people in Acts, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. And we have celebrated Holy Communion each and every month during the pandemic. They devoted themselves to prayer. We devote ourselves to prayer. Some of us pray every day. Some of us pray every moment. We often send our prayers to our prayer chain through Laura or our prayer messages through Norma. Some of you call me for prayer. I pray for each of you every day. We pray for our ministries, always. We are devoted to our prayer life. Then the scripture says, all who believed were together and had all things in common. We, oh, I guess this one's a little harder. They had all things in common, they were together. We in America have become an individualist society where rather than many generations living in the same house caring for each other like an Amy Tan novel, we like to have our own spaces. We like to make sure we have enough in our individual savings account, in our personal refrigerator to take care of ourselves. This is a pretty unique position, both throughout the world, in our first world status, and over the courses of the centuries, in our 21st century mindset. We don't often have things in common or pool our resources, except here at the church, when we have an opportunity to bring our tithes and gifts and offerings and widow's mites and pull them together, seeking a shared ministry to the world, sharing the love of God, and working in mission to help those in need. So yes, we do pool our resources. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as they had need. Well, some of us might mortgage our house to pay a medical bill or send a child to college, but I'm not sure how often we regularly sell our possessions and goods so that we can give to the poor. I think the closest we come to this is when we have a yard sale of our old white elephants. This is a hard one. This is a lesson that Jesus sought to teach that rich man, and the idea of selling all that he had made that rich man very sad. Is giving away everything something we even aspire to here in America in 2021? Do we hold this as a core value? Do we recognize it as a vital role for members of God's church? Something we should be thinking about. Next it says, and distribute the proceeds to all 
as any has had need. I touched upon this concept in last week's sermon where the scripture from James spoke about judgment and then about faith without works. Do you remember me contrasting the propensity we have not to give cash to the poor for fear that they would spend it on drugs or booze or junk, but we would never make that judgment about somebody else. You know, we don't want them to have money because they might spend it in a way that we don't approve of. We are not arbiters of the needs of the poor, and the highest ideal of our selfless giving is demonstrated in this passage, where it encourages us to give all to all those in need. Next, they spent much time in the temple. We haven't been able to spend much time here at Wesley over the past 18 months because of COVID. But it is our presence, that vow, that when we join the church, we take to be present. Is that one of our core values? Do we really put our attendance at church, our worship of God, our fellowship with one another at the forefront? Is it one of the first fruits, the first things that we do each week on Sunday, that first day? Is it of primary importance in our lives? It is for me, and I know it is for those of you who are sitting here today. Next, it says, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts. Are we glad? Are we, in general, genuinely appreciative of the fact that there is food on our tables? Are we generous with what we have? Are we ready to entertain the stranger at our home at any moment? Praising God and having the goodwill of the people. The people for whom this scripture was written praised God and had the goodwill of all the people at heart. I am so grateful for the opportunity each week here at Wesley to praise God together next to you, to have your goodwill in mind each day, and to have the goodwill of the good people of Concord and the surrounding communities in my heart every morning when I pray. I am so grateful for our mission and ministry with Abbott Downing, with the Concord Coalition to End Homelessness, with Second Start Alternative High School, and with Family Promise. We are doing the work of the kingdom together for the goodwill of this community, and I am so grateful. I hope when you hear that scripture, all of those elements, I hope that you can hear the United Methodist method, uh, membership vows in that passage. We promise to support the church with our prayers. Do you know this one well enough to say it with me? We promise to support the church with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, our witness. Each of those things is reflected in this passage in the birth of the church in Acts. This is not a stagnant one-time thing that happened once and is now subject to decay or decline. This is ongoing birth and rebirth. It's a revitalization that is constantly happening, transformation continually taking place throughout ourselves and throughout the church, always moving Godward, always reaching outward, and always being formed inwardly. This passage talks about the spiritual nurture of ourselves as well as the sharing of the good news with others and doing good works as a natural outcome of our own spiritual growth. As I mentioned last week, faith without works is dead. We must act on our faith. We must love as we have been loved. We must give as we have been given. 
I think I've told this story before of the church I grew up in where we would come to church on Sunday morning and the sunshine would stream in through the sunglass windows, bathing us in beauty and light. And on Wednesday evenings, we would have a testimony meeting where the lights were on inside the church and outside was dark and the light would stream forth out of the church. We were giving back. We were testifying to what had happened in our life as the result of what we had taken in on Sunday morning. It's an incredibly important thing to understand that ebb and flow, that need to take in the nourishment and go forth in the world and do acts. Some of you who've been here for more than 16 years may remember the first time I ever gave a sermon was in this church in October of 2002, and it was called Worship is a Verb. And I still believe that. I still believe that it's active. What we're doing here is active, that we, we take in the spiritual nourishment, the prayer, the formation, and then we go out and we share God's love with the world through mission and through ministry, through sharing God's love with each other. It's absolutely vital that we see that breathing in and breathing out of church. And of course, the church is always here for us when we need it, but we can't relegate ourselves to being navel gazers. We can't expect only to be helped by the church. If we begin to believe that the church exists only to serve us, we miss an essential point. And that is that we are meant to serve each other, serve the world, to share our faith, and transform the world. If we begin to believe that the church exists only to serve people like us, that is our race, our gender, our age, our sexual orientation, our level of physical ability, our education, our economic status, or any other distinguishing factor, we have lost sight of what we are called to do as a church. We are called to transform the world, every single one of us, with the gift of grace we have been given. One of the phenomena facing both the secular world and the church following this period of COVID isolation is a lack of return to volunteerism. People have found that they enjoyed, and I certainly did, enjoy that more relaxed pace engendered by the COVID pandemic. Those of you who know me well know that I am an avid supporter of Sabbath. I support each person's efforts for self-care, for spiritual formation, for having that seventh day that even God took in the creation of the world. But I also recognize that when you have been loved, and you have been formed, and you have been nurtured, you are called to share that love in response. I truly believe that that is the culmination of the circle of God's grace in your life and the way it's meant to be shared. So my prayer is that as we return to our program year, to our life in person here at Wesley, that you will consider the value you place on this church and its place in the community and the value of yourself and your place in God's kingdom. And think about the one thing that you might do in mission and ministry to share God's love with the world. I don't want to burn any of you out as volunteers. I don't want any of you to take on more than you can, but I do want you to think about what is your giftedness, what is your capacity, what is your special something that you could bring to the world, and how you can use that in the service of God to transform the world. 
May it be so. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Amen.